me talk to you for a minute about exercise as we take a look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, day 3. A few things that I know about exercise. Most of us hate it. Now, a few of us love it, and, and we hate you for loving it, but a few of us love it. But most of us, we would rather do anything else when it comes to physical exercise. But all of us know that we need it. And afterwards, when we exercise, we see the benefit of it, the, the loss of weight, the greater energy that you might have in your life. Well, these verses that we're going to look at today as we come to the end of them are going to be about exercise, but not physical exercise, an even more important kind of exercise, spiritual exercise in your daily life. And these verses we're looking at today, they are crucial verses in our walk through Paul's Holy Spirit-inspired advice to Timothy about how to live this motivated life of faith. First, in these verses we're looking at today, Paul's going to give his son in the faith a picture of what this motivated life of faith looks like for him. He's saying, Timothy, if you're going to live out this life of faith that I'm talking about, here's what it looks like. Verse 6, if you point these things out to the brothers, you'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus, brought up in the truths of the faith and the good teaching that you have followed. Paul is saying in verse 6, this is the kind of life that I want you to live. And as he says, you're brought up in these truths of the faith, that is the idea of nourished by or, or nurtured in these truths. Now, as Paul writes in these verses, he's reminding us, and especially in verses 7 and 8, he's going to focus on the fact that this nourishment of our soul, it is not automatic. Just like you and I have to choose to eat solid food, and when we eat solid food, we have to chew on it for a while to get the nourishment out of it. God made the food. We didn't make it. We have to chew on it. There are truths in God's Word that I have to be nourished by, and some of them I have to chew on. In the book of Hebrews we are warned very clearly that if you and I don't decide to dig into God's word, we're going to remain baby Christians in our lives. And what's a baby Christian? A baby Christian is a believer who always seems to have so many needs that they can never meet the needs of others. That's what babies are like. They just have needs. They aren't meeting other people's needs. They can't serve others. They have to be served all the time. And that's what it means to be a baby Christian. You have to be served all the time. God doesn't want that for your life. Oh, at the beginning of your Christian life, yes. But then you start to grow up. Now, how do you grow up? How do you exercise your faith? How are you nourished in your faith? Well, listen to verses 7 and 8. Have nothing to do, Paul writes, with godless myths or old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Paul writes and he says, well, I love Philip's translation of 1 Timothy 4, 7, the last half of the verse. He says, take the time and trouble to keep yourself spiritually fit. Train yourself to be godly. Keep yourself fit. Train yourself. You read those words and you think, well, wait, I, I thought it was all God's power that grows me. It is. And it is your decision to do things that rely on the power of God. You get to choose. God gives the food, we get to choose, am I going to be nourished by it? God gives the ability to be exercised, we get to choose, am I going to take him up on that opportunity to be exercised? Now, Paul, at the beginning of this, verse 7 says, don't have anything to do with godless myths, old wives' tales. What he's saying is, don't waste your life on empty speculation. What's an example of a godless myth, an old wives' tale? Well, in our days, it's a lot of talk about angels, focusing on angels, and they mean this, and they're named this, and this happened, and things that aren't anywhere in the Bible, but people make all these things up based on some poem that Milton wrote. And instead of focusing on God's word, you're focusing on this myth. Or 
conspiracy theories about the Bible or about politics or about the church of some kind, and you get all caught up in that, and what does that mean? Or second coming political speculation, what country is going to be in charge and where all these things are going to happen. You get so caught up in that, you're not exercising to keep yourself spiritually fit. Those kinds of things can bring a certain energy to your life. Godless myths, old wives' tales, they they seem very important, but in the end, they don't lead anywhere. They're empty pursuits. So instead of doing this, Paul says, train yourself to be godly. That same verse in the New American Standard Version says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. By faith, he's saying, you practice the disciplines of growth. Growth takes time and energy. It's a matter of discipline. Now, I say that with a caution. Because when you rely solely on your own discipline, I'm going to discipline myself to growth. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. That results only in pride. But when you do the same things with the same energy, read God's word, pray, spend time with God's people in church, when you lean instead on God to grow you through your obedience to him, you find yourself growing in ways that you never imagined. You do the things that God asks, trusting in God to grow you. That's disciplining yourself for the purpose of godliness. Richard Foster wrote about this in his book, The Celebration of Discipline. He said, by themselves, the spiritual disciplines can do nothing. They can only get us to the place where something can be done. The disciplines allow us to place ourselves before God so that he can transform us. What we're talking about is habits, the daily habits of our life. The disciplines of life are the habits of life. Do I make it a daily habit to spend some time in God's word? Read a few verses at the beginning of the day or listen to them somehow throughout the day and focus on what they mean for my life. Do I make it a daily habit to talk to God just about what's going on in my life? Now, that habit might be something you do at the beginning of the day. It might be a habit that you do throughout the day. I often encourage people to pray the first two minutes. First two minutes of what? Of anything. First two minutes you're in the car. First two minutes you're walking into a meeting. First two minutes that you're walking back into your house after the long day. You pray those first two minutes. That's a habit. So a habit doesn't have to happen at a certain time like somebody else does it. It just means it's something you do throughout the day. What is a habit? A habit is something that you have put into your life on a regular basis. And you want to know how important your habits are? You become identified by whatever you do habitually. If you stop by Starbucks to get a coffee every morning, people would call you a coffee drinker. You're in the habit of drinking coffee. If you're in the habit of cutting quickly in front of other cars as you drive, that's the way you happen to drive, then people would label you a bad driver. That's because you're habitually doing that. Not it happened once, but every time they're with you in the car, there's all these honking horns around you. If you are in the habit of spending a lot of time with your kids, people would see you that identify you as a good parent because you're spending time with your kids. What are you in the habit of doing spiritually? You build habits into your life for your family. You build habits into your life for your business. You build habits into your life for your schooling, your education. What are you in the habit of doing spiritually? What is it in your life that gets you in connection with God? Listening to him through his word, talking to him, in prayer. If you don't have those habits in place in your life and don't even know what they would be, then get around some other believers, maybe some people in your small group. Oh, there's another habit you could start, meeting with a small group of other believers for encouragement and spiritual growth. If you don't have a habit in your life, then begin to build them. 
Now, I always say the best place to start is with relationships. You start with your relationship with God. Spend a few minutes with him in his word on a daily basis and talk to him. Just read five or ten verses. Listen to what it has to say. This daily drive time devotions might be a part of that for you. You're listening to what God has to say through his word. It's not my words that are important in these devotions. We all know it is God's word that's important. And all I'm doing is talking to maybe lead you to what God's word means. Physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and life to come, verse 8. That's the strength. And just like we exercise physically to stay strong physically, you and I need spiritual exercise to stay strong spiritually. And Paul is saying here is spiritual exercise, that's the one that's going to last. Physical exercise, it's okay. It lasts for a while. It's a good thing. But spiritual exercise, it's going to last forever. That is the value of building those habits into your life. Now, you may be thinking, one final thing before we pray. You may be thinking, I've tried. I've tried to discipline myself for the purpose of godliness, and I just can't start that habit of talking to God on a daily basis. I just can't do it. It's just not me. Well, let me say two things. First, try something different. Don't just keep trying to do it the same way. Try it a different way, maybe a different time of the day or reading in a different way or maybe journaling more. Try it in a different way. Do that. And secondly, keep trying. And when I say keep trying, I mean specifically keep trying for about six weeks. You know how long it takes to develop a habit? About six weeks. Psychologists have discovered this and studied it many times. It takes about three weeks to become familiar with a new habit. It takes about six weeks for it to become a comfortable part of your life. You know why a lot of believers don't have spiritual habits of reading God's Word, of talking to God on a regular basis? Never broken through the six-week barrier. Never even given it six weeks. Yeah, it's going to feel a little uncomfortable at first. But just ask God and maybe somebody else to check up with you and get six weeks under your belt and watch what God does to develop a habit in your life. That same power in your life that makes it so easy to develop a bad habit. Ever notice that one? God gave you that ability so you could develop good habits with that power. Habits related, disciplines related to his word. Now, as we talk to the Lord today, let's just ask him in a simple prayer. Jesus Christ, show me how I can strengthen my habits the habit of talking to you, the habit of listening to you. Show me how. Maybe a new way to do it that I haven't tried before, a new fresh way, a new fresh start. But also, I pray from your spirit that you would give me the discipline. You would remind me day by day these next six weeks as I really work on this discipline, this habit in my life. So that at that point, it would become not something I hope to do someday in my life, but it would become an established habit in my life. Do this in me, Jesus. Do this in me. I'm growing, not based on my power, but on yours. So I ask you to do this in me, in your name. Amen. Join us tomorrow. Don't miss tomorrow. We're going to talk about the confident life of faith.